You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We're Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morland. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Hey, how's it going, Jeremiah? Uh, we're here, and uh, everything's great. We're here, we're... No, yeah. no, that's, that's, uh, that's after 8 o'clock. Uh, our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. This is a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. Fun for sure tonight. Uh, we interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks who just find interesting. On my left is Chris Guffey, returning co-host, who meets none of those uh, things Ouch. whatsoever. Absolutely zero. Yeah. yeah. But, he's, but he's an American he hero. He doesn't even find you interesting. He's a veteran. I'm not. So uh, <laughs> It's okay. So Chris covers all of those. But Rob Kendall, MS Communications, WIBC, 93.1, is on the right, and he literally is all of those things. Um, so much, and I mean, yet so little at the same time. You're an influencer. <laughs> Am I? You're having a you're having a feud with the governor of the state all by yourself. Uh, it's a feud that only I'm involved in. It's really great. Uh, you were an elected official. I was. We'll get into that. You're a political expert, self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an expert at myself, and, and that's about it. And we know the audience is going to find you interesting. So, man, we're excited to be here. Have you here? Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I, we love the Boss Hog of Liberty. It's a tremendous show, and you all are tremendous Americans. See, this is the stroking that I promised the world <laughs> that would be here, and it's it's going to be a good 30 minutes each way, and then we'll have a little bit of time for con- con- commentary at the end. Uh, Dakota, what uh, what are we talking about tonight? You've got uh, uh, We're talking our- about all kinds of things. This week, uh, I got a brand new banner. Purchased a banner because we had an advertising banner in MVP Barbershop, was not the best of quality. It's the big time around here, Rob. Yeah. And uh, they used to do a segment on Bob and Tom years ago. Mark Patrick did called "My Town Brownsburg," and this, is, this totally reminds this me of "My it, Town yeah. Brownsburg." You're listening to it right now, except it's Newcastle. And uh, <laughs> but in the MVP Barbershop, you go in there. There's a brand new banner hanging up, and at the Saved Games shop yes. run by Travis Wyke or Week or Week, Week. whatever. I don't know. Fight starter Budweiser Wyke. That's it. But uh, <laughs> he has the old banner hanging up in there. It's, he has a hand-me-down. He just because, recycled it and gave it to him? Well, he said he said that his shop was built on hand-me-downs, so it it's would true. feel wrong to not take it. All right. So I said, okay, you can tax it and steal it from us. Reappropriate it. Yeah. I mean, that's a county-owned building. It is. Yeah. That's, I mean, we are. That's We're like, there, man. That's like an official endorsement of the show from the county government. <laughs> if, if when, when you win your county council race, will you uh, start having all the meetings outside the shoe at the, at the Hall of Fame? We have two shoes. I don't, know, I don't know if we use the Hall of Fame shoe or the Steve Alford All-American that's Inn right. shoe. We have two shoes. That's right. I've, Commissioner we, meetings will have to be at the Hall of Fame shoe, and the council meetings will be at the other. I picture you like That's a right. Williams Jennings Brian, you know, having a stage out there in front of the shoe, and you have the crowd gathered around you as you 
as you whip them up into a frenzy. We may have to and, have Chris May give us a permit to have a have a rally in front of the uh, the Hall of Fame Museum. <laughs> and um, all of the meetings are going to be held after six because that's part of your transparency platform. It is. So it is. Well, they actually have like meetings during the day. Yeah, they, our it's county at council meets at three thirty because it's convenient. Yep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's serious. Yeah. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. nuts, man. I mean, it's not convenient for the the working guys that want to, you know, run for the county council and have to take time off work to go do, go do their job. But uh, I mean, the department heads don't have to work over, so I guess it's okay. So literally, unless you're retired or unemployed, you can't go to the meetings, or, or you have I a get lot of vacation work, time. I get off work at three, and I work here in Newcastle, but I I work a a, a labor job, labor intensive job right. outside. So it's like if I want to go to the meeting, I'm I'm going in my work clothes and I'm sweaty, and you don't want to sit next to me in those meetings. But uh, I, I try to make it there anyway. Yeah. So the uh, that's one of the things we're talking about. Dakota released uh, helped me out with uh, with a first video in the uh, Jeremiah Morrill for County Council campaign. It's uh, available uh, through our official Facebook page, the uh, the campaign page, and uh, yeah, transparency is one of the top five reasons to vote for Jeremiah. It is. We want. Uh, we've done it with the Boss Hog podcast, where we've you know come out and uh, covered meetings and tried to uh, make things more accessible. But there's no reason our county government shouldn't have uh, high quality video and audio of every meeting available. It, it just floors me that they do it at three thirty in the afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> just, just for no other reason other than ah, it's convenient. I mean, listen, some of the some of the people that are on the council are are too old to drive after dark, Rob. I mean, it, ooh, when I was <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> That's the excuse or the reason the reason I've been given. When I was running for town council, the guy I was running against actually used this in my campaign. He once left a meeting early because IU basketball was on. He said, I got to go. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, IU basketball's on. Priorities Listen, uh, right Dane there. Fife won't cheer himself on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, county councilman Clay Morgan, who also runs MB- MVP Barbershop. It's a very small he, town. He is the one <laughs> who uh, he always adver- advocates for uh, every year. At the beginning of the year, he always proposes meetings after 6 p.m., and it gets shot down every time. We're going to nickname him Floyd. It's going to be his I mean, name because he, he runs the barber shop. Yeah. Floyd the barber. <laughs> we're we're going to give all the councilmen names when the uh, moral revolution takes place. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're already falling behind, Dakota. You're supposed to be telling us about the Tinfoil right. Time episode that's available for our Patreon people, the premium people that pay the literally pay the light bill around here. That is right, yeah. Uh, we are... Thanks to the Patreon people, we are getting into a new studio. We were talking about episode seventy-seven is going to be the first episode in here, so we're only like we're only like three or four episodes away. This is episode seventy-three. So we're actually you, going in order right now. You're there's, a part of history. There's Rob. no trickery. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I get a brick at the new studio with my <laughs> name on it. Well, so Rob, if uh, if you can get me a sign, we if you look around the studio in mm-hmm. here. Uh, we have signs from all of these guests that have been on the program. Oh, perfect. You're sitting in a chair that's been held by people like Senator Mike Kreider, Representative Melanie Wright. Oh, wow. Uh, Representative Tom Saunders. These people have all been on this program. Rob Kendall has to have in a garage somewhere oh, yeah. or in an attic a sign that says Brownsburg Town Council. Oh, yeah. Collector's so items. I, I need one for the new studio. I also have one of the great big ones. Would you like that? It's like seven feet by seven feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just making your backdrop. Maybe what when, we'll uh, do is we'll put it up on the outside of the building and see how long it takes the city to find us for, when, for putting uh, up public art that's not acceptable. When uh, when council candidate Kenan Gray came on, who who uh, Jeremiah is running against, he brought a giant banner. And oh. <laughs> we hung it across the table. And I love that you guys are so fair that you actually have the guy you're running against on the Boss oh, yeah. Hog Liberty we are, podcast. We're applying for the same job. 
I love that. And he's it, Kenan and I talked for an hour and a half, and we've gotten to know each other. And I think that's so both amazing and disappointing that you were civil about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm civil. I don't know 60 days from now if uh, if Kenan and Pat, the other two that are in the race with me, will be civil with me. But I, we're applying for the same job. It's up to the voters. I, you know, it, it's uh, it's up to them. But listen, I mean, man. Listen, Jeremiah. If Kenan ever steps out of line, then I will make a video that says Kenan Gray. You're going to get your Bobby Newport voice yeah. out? Bobby Newport. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But yeah, of course, the uh, the Patreon episode this week was talking about the fluoride being put in our waters. And if it turns the freaking frogs gay. Rob's going to leave if you talk, go down this path. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you want me to go down the path, then you have to listen to the uh, episode that uh, my lovely wife, Audrey, and I recorded last night. And to do that, you have to sign up on Patreon, and that's what pays the bills in this place. Like Jeremiah said, keeps the lights on. But yeah, also, we're gonna have we're gonna have a rent payment, and it's serious. Yeah. Also, speaking of rent payment, we we are trying to market the show a little bit and get some businesses in. Uh, maybe do a couple ads, maybe one ad or so an episode, and try to get a sponsorship going so that you can have your business logo right behind us. And you know, Bob and Tom show has the Napa Auto Parts studio. We need. We need a named studio. We could be the Rob Kendall Studios for the right price. I don't, oh, that's perfect. The Rob yeah. Kendall Show could the could Rob Kendall bring, Show could be could bring yeah. you the, the Boss Hog of Liberty. The Boss Hog of Liberty brought to you by the Rob Kendall Show. That'd be great. <laughs> just a, I've got that giant fat head still in my room of myself. You just put that up. That'd be. Fine. It only costs twenty two thousand dollars a year. Wow, what a deal! <laughs> for Rob, I'll do it for twenty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree to that. Yeah. Eh, you know, it'd be fun. This is really cool, though, that you have all the signs of all the, you know. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the signs that are in the studio are either campaigns that I volunteered on or worked on or people that have been on the show. Yeah. So it's a, you know, we, we tried during the election time to, uh, we drove ourselves crazy having all these candidates on because you had the same, yeah. uh, you, you probably have this on your show, too. You have the same conversation with mm-hmm. people over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, but it's important. But, and, but except and, I'm one of the few broadcasters in terrestrial radio that has guys like you on my program. Correct. Absolutely. And I appreciate that very much. I was on your show a week ago Saturday. We were talking about the Lobit. Yes, absolutely. And there's a podcast of that up on WIBC.com. Absolutely. And it's yeah. in the uh, Boss Hog feed. If people, uh, people, I'm sure they've already listened. Over, uh, heck, I think 400 people have already listened to it in our feed alone. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it, I, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know who these people are. Uh, but uh, we know yeah. who some of them are. Uh, but we for the for the <laughs> listeners that uh, that have listened to everything, we have a a survey going on right now, and you can find that on the Boss Hog Liberty page. I also paste a link of that in the episode description uh, whenever I post it, and uh, that survey gives us demographics uh, information about you. It's all anonymous, but uh, it gives us very vital information. We yeah. I hope it so. gives us very vital information that a lot of uh, potential advertisers want, so that is very important to us. And also, you get to tell us what you like about the show and what you don't like about the show, so that way we can kind of change and keep evolving to where we get better. It's been like our own little express vehicle for hate mail this week. Yeah, and also, if you uh, <laughs> so so Rob, you've called Jeremiah for a long time, Lion Jer. Right? Lion Jer. Yeah. Somebody said. <laughs> Jumping a campaign ad. Thanks. Somebody said in the dislikes, Jeremiah Morrill stretches the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Phipps talked me. I'm, I do the Sulphur Springs Mug Bog every year with Greg Phipps, who's the uh, city water uh, guy, and I've served on the Forge Association for 20 years. Greg taught me a long time ago you never let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's, that's a life advice I've kept forever. I had to bring that up for this episode. It was too fantastic not to. And 
because it's anonymous, we have no idea. Also, someone gave a really vulgar and weird like about the show, and it was... I'm not even going to say it out loud. It was uh, it was like uh, Dakota and Jeremiah fantasies that these people have. Yeah, which yeah. I strange. Whatever. I'm strange. I'm, I'm really sorry. Chase took the survey. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's actually introduce Rob. Rob's sitting here with us, and uh, you are your day job now. You're wearing your WIBC 93.1 uh, t- shirt, your polo shirt, and it's the the radio station of my childhood. Yeah, it's like, it, it is the station of record in the city of Indianapolis. Yeah, I grew up listening. I, I lived on Messick Road, and I lived in the middle of nowhere here in Henry County, but we could get 1070. So I grew up listening to Terry Stacy and Steve Simpson and Dave Wilson and Big Joe Stasniak and those guys, and at least half of them are still in the building, <laughs> uh, right? There's been some turnover over time, but... I mean, you are working at the the blowtorch. Yeah, it, it, when you're a kid, right? So there were two stations growing up that I listened to. You always listen to Bob and Tom with your parents going to work. If it was my dad, right. my mom would yeah. not let me listen to Bob and Tom. So I always tried to. No, tried she, was, to, she was probably a big John Price fan. Yeah, probably <laughs> had a lot of Jimmy Buffett tapes and the the, the now famous Bill Cosby chocolate cake tape. And uh, but my dad, it was cool because you got to listen to Bob and Tom if he would take you to school. And then in the afternoon, it was always you know names like Mike Pence. Rush Limbaugh, Dave the King Wilson, Big John Gillis and the Chopper. Yeah, WIBC was the place to be. I mean, it was like the 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 guy in 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 the Harry Chapin WOLD song. I mean, this is what it was like. That was the place to be, and it was this magical place where all these cool things happened, and everybody who was anybody in radio wanted to be on WIBC. So your role over now, you've been over a little over a year at yeah, WIBC somewhere I, in there. They, they brought me in part time as a fill in host in December of sixteen, and then hired me full time in June of seventeen. Yeah, nice. And you've uh, you've been like the super sub, where if you know Hammer and Nigel are out, it's the Rob Kendall yep. show. And so during the week, you are. I don't know how you decide to set your alarm or when you decide you're showing up at work, but you're 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 in there you're in there constantly on the yeah, air, man. And then you're producing the Chicks on the Right, the the mid morning show. Yeah, so I produce for Chicks on the Right from nine to eleven each day. They let me host the speed round, which is about a fifteen minute segment where we pick a bunch of topics that are fun and and we talk about those. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the permanent fill-in guy. So I, I'm I'm I need somebody to die or retire, and then I'm the, I might be the next guy up. Somebody so, somebody needs to make a major mistake. Uh, Twitter Twitter is a job ender in the in, yeah. in, in for everything but the president. Well, so, and, and the most likely one to do that is Tony Katz. Well, so, yeah, and, well, you're also Tony feuding. Goes, <laughs> if yes, Tony goes, you've got like nine hours to fill a day. Yeah, well, Rob is feuding with Tony Katz right now. Yeah, I, Tony and I have a I, I like to call it a budding rivalry. Um, because I think did you we, steal one of his scarves? Man, he he is uh he is dressed to the nines every single day. I show up in shorts and a t shirt because that's my God given right as a radio talk show host. <laughs> Do not have to care what I look like. He's always dressed in a, like a, a suit jacket and a you know a nice pair of pants. And it's like, man, if that's what it takes to get to the top, count me at the bottom. Well, <laughs> if you look good, you feel good. Yeah. So um, yeah, Cat's probably the most likely to say something crazy on Twitter. Hammer and Nigel the most likely to drop an f bomb and the uh, producer not catch it. So, so either way, I got a pretty good, I got a pretty good shot. So uh, th- those guys, man, they are fun. They they Hammer and Nigel do a great job of getting. They they released a web video an advertisement for the show that they recorded in uh, uh, in, in the Antelope Club parking lot. Brad Kloppenstein, who's been on this show before, you can go back and watch him. Uh, Brad let them use his parking lot, and then Ben uh, Ben Polizzi, who's uh, who's with the Expresso podcast. We're gonna have Joey Molinero here in about a half an hour or so. Uh, Joey and and Ben were here. Ben sat in your chair. He is I, I don't know what he does at in your at your station, but he works Everything. there. Apparently, he's just a model now. So he's out there for a car wash <laughs> ad, just shirtless, uh, being eye candy. I don't know. Yeah, isn't isn't Polizzi the 
the total guy we all always hated, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, the guy looks yes. like a Greek god, and you just say, "I hate you so much," because but he's funny. Oh, he's great. Yeah, hey, yeah, he's a he's a you good looking dude. Him. He's a standout athlete. He was a great athlete in high school and college. Played football at Ron Colley and yeah. then in college, and he's a funny dude. Like he's the perfect man. He's I, I refer to Ben Polizzi as perfect man. He's he's like the WIBC's version of Tom Brady. He's uh, he's the he's exact the opposite man. of 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 our boy Dave Wilson. Like yeah yeah it is. Uh, he he got the good straw in life, and and he should feel very blessed for that. And he also has like a place like I don't know if it's I think it's Mass Ave. He's got a killer place there. Yeah, so. I watch. Uh, he, I, he's got a rooftop or something. I watch on on Snapchat all the time, and he's just he's he's just creep shotting people. That's his his evening compared to be. He gets on Snapchat and just creep shots people. His whole job is he literally just makes fun videos. Yeah. And then he runs the board occasionally. Good work if you can get <laughs> he it. Is, he is the man. So before you got to WIBC, you've had this this path. And I, we want to explore this a little bit because Dakota and I are living this. Uh, you know, we are we are hobbyists. We, we we say we volunteer our time here. As long as the Patreon people help pay the bills, we are we don't want to reach into our own pocket to provide this service of the Boss Hog Liberty podcast. But, we have a lot. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, we Just have. A little. But we tell our wives that it pays for itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you, you – you got your start doing radio at a very small station over in, in Plainfield. In Brownsburg. Brownsburg. Yeah. It was literally like a WKRP. It was it was WKLU. I was 18 years old when I got my internship. The station was owned by two brothers. I mean, this you couldn't make this stuff up. The Quinn brothers. One of them was legally blind, and they called him the Radio Pirate. Oh. And this station, <laughs> this station, great guys. I mean, they're just awesome guys. It's, but it's the only sort of station that an 18 year old could just show up one day and be like, "Hey." I, I'd like to help. What do you do? Whatever you need. So I was like taking out the trash. I was literally cutting their grass. <laughs> I was driving the legally blind guy to Radio Shack once a day to get parts for the station. Um, it, and it was in an abandoned pet store. The radio station was in an abandoned pet store. Hopefully they sweeped up all the gerbil poop. Well, the greatest part about it was when you went down into the basement, it all s- still smelled like cat pee. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Lovely. It, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the sort of stuff that countless people have gotten their starts at places like this. And now that I'm, whatever it is, 16 years on from that, it's like, man, I miss that. That was really fun. I'd really like to go back to be 18 and have to go through that again because it was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I. Th- there's this uh, certain nostalgia that that comes with uh, doing your first job yeah. right and you hate it whenever you're doing it and you're a teenager but then once you once you get past that stage and you hit adulthood and all your money's not going to just whatever you want to do on the weekends yeah then you're like god I could have had so much more fun if well, I'd known. It's fascinating because I begged yeah. for six months to get in there. And like I think back on that, and that's what I'm most fond of, is that they kept telling me no, and I kept showing back up. And I finally just told them one day, I'm like, I'm going to start showing up every single day. I am going to work for free for you. Give me something to do. Something. And, and finally they they said yes, and it's weird. Like I remember Martin Luther King Day 2002 was my first day there. I remember putting gas in my car to go. I remember being there. I remember learning. And I remember this one guy in sales, he always referred to himself in the third person. And so the first day they were like, go with this guy. His name was Charlie, but he, he always referred to himself as the cheese. And so he kept talking about what the cheese would do. And finally I just looked at him, and I'm like, Who's the cheese? He's like, I'm the cheese. <laughs> he was setting you up the entire time, just I know. waiting. The whole thing, yeah. the cheese thinks this, the cheese thinks that. It was like Jimmy from the Seinfeld episode. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Jimmy Jim's high. 
Oh, oh God. So you, the, uh, when when I first met you, you were uh, you were doing some stuff with the Weird Libertarians Network. At yeah. some point, you've you've met our boy Chris Spangle, and you were co-hosting or doing some work over there, which is our syndicator. Uh, and then at the first time I actually met you, I think I was doing I was Rex Bell's campaign manager, and we stopped by, and you were at, at the uh, at ninety eight nine WYRZ yeah. over in in Brownsburg. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of evolved over time. And yeah, so I really detoured. I took a very disastrous and stupid four-year break for elected office, which <laughs> I've tried to talk you out of repeatedly because it's it's absolutely the worst sentence you can give to a man. Public the death service. penalty or public service. You know, I would choose the death penalty knowing what I know now, but I did that and then uh, got— so That was full-time? You it, were doing that or you just got off the radio? I just got off radio. Okay. Um, and But I did do the Rob Kendall show on the We Are Libertarians Network with uh, Spangle, which he was really nice and ran that show and— we did that for about a year and a half, and uh, uh, radio was always my love, though. And and so when my time on town council was up, um, I told everybody I was going to serve one term. Nobody believed me. Came, time came. I said, I'm not running again. And a lot of people wanted me, wanted me to run for state senate. Uh, old Lion Pete Miller was representing uh, District 24 in the Senate at the time, and uh, we didn't. We definitely didn't care for him. And um, so I thought about doing that and ultimately decided um, – that I want to go back to radio and, and radio is where my heart has been. It's where my love is. And it's, it's awesome to be back. So you just, you basically ground, you, you put your, put the hours in and got noticed and got on the radar. And at some point that you just kind of get the break and the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, you got to keep grinding. And, and there was a local radio station that had opened in Brownsburg out of the, the uh, um, community radio. Oh, but one thing Obama did that was great was he really did get the idea of community radio, and, and they opened up a whole bunch of local frequencies, low-power frequencies to serve communities, and Brownsburg got one of those. And, and so I went back to those guys and said, hey, I'd like to do a local talk show, kind of what you guys are doing on a daily basis. We're interviewing people that are making um, making news in the community and doing things that are worthwhile. And um, there's there's really not a lot of shows like this no. or like yours out there. That's why this is so that, good. That what are you guys doing do political talk where you were getting guests, you were getting statewide elected officials uh, to a, a town. You know, Brown, how many people are in Brownsburg? Twenty, thirty thousand. Yeah, about about thirty thousand probably yeah. now. And it's the same kind of a thing where you know, we look around and we're like, we're a tiny little podcast, but at the same time, there's nobody else doing what you're doing. You know, we're the only political talk east of Indianapolis. Yeah, well, what you guys are doing is what radio was built on. It, it, it's the idea of how it all started right, people in communities sharing information, and you guys do that so well. I mean, it's it really is fun to listen to. Even though I don't live in this community, it's fun to listen to because that's what radio is supposed to be all about, and these guys moved these signals and – they figured out, hey, we can move this here and make it worth a lot more money. Right. And, and, and see, what's been weird is that only 65 to 70% of our listeners are actually in Indiana. Yeah. And then of that percentage that's in Indiana, only 50 to 60% are in Henry County. Yeah. You, so even though we're locally focused, we're everywhere. We had a listener from Finland that took the time <laughs> to do our survey t- today. <laughs> Like, this is the weirdest thing to me. That's great. Yeah, it, that's what radio is all about, and that's why this is so good. Yeah, we have a, a patron, one of our largest Patreon donors, uh, Craig DeCosta. He lives in Hawaii. Wow. So it's just, you that, know, it's, it's it's everywhere, and it's it's so, I don't know, that's one of the things that keeps me going the most, is knowing that even though we're, we are hyper, hyperly local, there is there is an impact to be had in other states and even other countries yeah. because uh, local governments are always screwing up. 
You, you know, one of the things that I used to well, do— until I get elected. Right. That's right. Yeah. You'll fix it all. That's right. And you won't have any headaches with it, and you won't get burnout, and it'll be great. Um, <laughs> I used to listen to Coast to Coast every night when I was a kid, speaking of WIBC. And, Rest in peace, Art Bell. Yeah, Art Bell was awesome, and, and uh, George Norrie and those guys. And you used to hear people that would call, you know, West of the Rockies. And it was like you could picture that person— that, that, Radio's the last great theater of the mind, right? Well, you used to listen. I mean, Greg Garrison was on forever. Yeah. And, you know, he had Phil Incipio. You'd, the yeah. guy would call in every <laughs> single day. You know, you just you just have regulars and you get to know them. Yeah. I have, you know, it, it, it's an incredible medium. And now in the podcasting world, we all micro-broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's very difficult to, to, to have the staying power of a Bob and Tom where the entire city listens. Because people get in their car and they'll stream iHeart or they'll stream Pandora or they've got their playlist. And everybody's had CDs and... But to actually have one big network that everybody's right. listening to, is it's very difficult. Uh, but at the same time, you create a community, and it's a very intimate relationship with with the radio host that you have. Yeah, and you learn so much like from, from what you guys do. I mean, you mentioned Mike Kreider. All right, so how many, how many times are people going to get an opportunity to hear a state senator and actually have some quasi-intelligent questions po- you know, posed to the guy with some – pretty intellectual people who know what they're talking about. I mean, right, and the and the difference is is that whenever they come on our show, whenever Mike Kreider comes on our show, Tom Saunders, Melanie Wright, whenever they come here, it's an hour and a half of uninterrupted conversation about what they do, the things that they are doing and what they expect to do. Because I mean, no offense, Rob, but the difference on radio stations is that it's it's different things being talked and then you're interrupted with the same amount of commercial time. Here, it's just me and you, and we're right. talking for an hour and a half straight. And and there's so little of that out there. And, you know, one of the things I think you guys are married now, so so you get it, that, you know, as you get married and you start a family and things like that, and I've found this in, in my life with my wife Haley, you, you start to appreciate things that have led you to where you are, right? Things 100%. That, they, yeah. They just... It, the things that didn't mean a lot to you, you look back on those things and go, wow, that's part of the community. That That's part of being where it is. And and it took me, in my case, getting married to my wonderful wife, Haley, to to, to realize those sort of things, right? That like to, time is not forever. You know, life is finite. Yeah. It's not infinite. And these little things in the community that you love is what makes the world well, go Well, and there's that, there's that maturity level, too, where you don't know that you love them. Until all yeah. of a sudden, like one day it hits you and you're like, wow, I really actually enjoy this community. Like, right. because I'm, if you're raised somewhere and you go to high school in these little cities and towns and you just think, my God, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. everybody in small town Indiana has that feeling. And then you grow up, some people do move away, and, and I don't know why I stayed. Like I, I just did, right? Like I got a job and I stayed and then, and now I'm married and I realized like, I have it really, really good here. There's a, there's so many things here that you can't get in other places. I've been a lot of other places. I've lived other places. I've visited other places. I, I love this community. Small town Indiana, living in Henry County, I can be in downtown Indianapolis in 45 minutes and I've got access to, you know, a major metropolitan area and I can fly anywhere I want to out of the Indianapolis airport in no time. But Man, the cost of living is great. The community is nice, and you can know you can know the barber. You can know you know the manager of the grocery store. It's just it's a there's so much going for for midwestern rural Indiana. Yeah, you're you're invested in where you live. 
and and not to say that people in Indianapolis aren't invested in where they live, but they don't probably know their council members, right? I mean, they, they don't they don't know the the mayor, you know, in, in your case. They don't they don't all know you by name and have an opinion on R- you, right? And, <laughs> you know, and it's one of the things that you know my wife helped me realize is sometimes you can get a little too invested in it, right? I mean, like that became my whole existence for a while yeah. because you love the place. You love it so much. And, you know, you guys grew up here and like I grew up in Brownsburg, you can get so invested in something yeah. and you want it to, to work so well that you, 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 it, it, it encompasses well, you. Yeah. You realize that you're one of the people that that actually exist in the place that you live that want that love it and want to see it be better. Yeah, you know, you're and right. so that that very easily can consume you to where you're you're making it a point to go to all the meetings. Yep. You want everybody to know what's going on at the meetings. You want to talk to all the elected officials about the things that they did wrong, and then you're like, I need to take a step yeah. back because this podcast it it is a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This well, doesn't pay my bills. And and that's one of the major reasons why I didn't run for state senate is I realized this thing consumed me for four years and I loved every second of it and I was really good at it. But do you really want to spend four more years with something consuming you yeah. that fifty years from now I don't know if it really matters. You know? I mean well, the, so, the seat that you're running in, Jeremiah, how long was uh how long was uh, it? Dick Bauslog was elected in nineteen seventy eight and he's uh he's retiring now. So it's an open seat. So he started in the Carter administration. He, yes, he was elected when uh, when Carter was president. He remembered we're, our biggest. Uh, this came up at the last council meeting, and it's a, you know, he's got the institutional knowledge, but he was elected uh, before we built the jail the last time, and now it's old and outdated. And it's a, it's that's our new our biggest problem in the in this race. The biggest thing the council's got to solve was how we're going to pay for a new jail. Uh, and he was he was on the council the first when we built the last one. And so, that's and that that's a it's such a hard thing, right? Because you love people that want to serve, but. Man, that's a long time, right? I mean, the world changes and the people change. And, man, I was sick of it after four years. I was ready to go home and take a nap. I can't imagine for 40. 40 is a long time. It's yeah. a long time. It's a long Ten time, times, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I can pledge right now that uh, the voters won't keep me for 40 years. <laughs> so, so, Robbie, you mentioned that you you know, you know, told them you're going to show up every day unpaid. So to, to get our slot on WIBC... Do I have to keep just keep sending Abdul our MP3 files <laughs> week after week? You'll need to send Abdul fabulous cigars. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to get in now. It's really, really hard to get in. And I see these guys that there's some really good people that send all these resumes and they send you know just tapes and everything else and it. There's not a lot of jobs in radio anymore. Well, I mean, I'm already signed up to the man's email list. Well, what else do I have to do? I think if you, I think Abdul you're, doesn't even have a show, Dakota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think if you're counting on Abdul, uh, you know, other than counting on him to be at Nikki Blaine's at four every day, you're probably barking up the wrong tree. Uh, you know what? Chris Bing will take care of me pretty well. So I, that's right. I might stay Gen- there for generous now. and thorough. So another community. It's not. A, it's a business, but a community service thing you do. Something you provide to the community. That by the way makes you a little bit of money. Is audio sports online? Yeah, uh, and you broadcast local high school football games yeah online. everything yeah we do basically web tv and web radio um for high schools across the country uh you can sit on your smartphone or computer and listen to it or watch it just like you would so on television you just attend thousands of high school football games I, and broadcast i do them all. i do not anymore uh i i occasionally have to do some football games now 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 10 years ago or 12 years ago when we started this yes i would put in the 200 uh games a year um, I have, 
I have taken priority to marriage now, which yeah, has limited I'm, my... I'm noticing a lot of similarities between you and I. <laughs> but, of, but... Of totally getting consumed by a project, yeah. right? And like letting it just consume all of your time, energy, and yeah. money. Well, that's what I, that's, that's what my personality, right? It goes yeah. from one thing to the, the next. And um, yeah, so we broadcast high schools all over the country. High school football starts tomorrow night, Absolutely. which is awesome. There's nothing like the first night of high school football, man. The, the Noblesville Fighting Millers, the Fighting Moths, will be at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow the night. Fighting Moths. That, that's right. And uh, uh, we'll actually be broadcasting. I won't be, but I'll have somebody there doing the HSE uh, Lawrence Central game, which is game number two. There you go. So we, we'll be out there. Sports is much better than politics because nobody threatens to kill you during your during your <laughs> during your service. You know, you can just announce the game and you're not you're oh. not so much getting threatened. Your life getting threatened anyway. You you yeah. have a you have a uh, stalker who loves you. Yeah, I, I yeah. Do. What is this about? So I have a yeah. It's um I have a gay stalker. It's great. His name is Mr. Green on Twitter. What we do uh, on the chicks on the right is uh, we have a lot of fun, and so we like to read fan mail and hate mail. We do like hate mail better than fan mail. Uh, we play the Forrest Gump feather theme if it's fan mail behind it. Uh, read it in full on the air, and we play the uh, Young and the Restless theme if it's hate mail. And uh, yes, and so I, I understand the chicks on the right getting hate mail, but you're now you are getting your oh, own. Oh yes, uh, because I'm very um, people hate my appreciation for Donald Trump. You forgot your red hat tonight. I cannot <laughs> believe you didn't a- bring it. Appreciation. Yeah, my my appreciation for God and for Trump. Um, it, it's so fascinating how how passionate people get about things because I try to be, I I do like Donald Trump. I am a big fan, but I try to be somewhat a character of what a Trump super fan might be. And people take it so literally, they just go insane. Do you you have any, uh, do you have any suspicions on who it is? Uh, Chris Spangle, maybe? Uh, no, I think Mr. Green's a real guy. Like, he's a huh. real fan of the chicks on the right. Has he sent pictures? He's sent selfies? No, he's, yeah. no, he's never sent any selfies. <laughs> you should I, ask for him. I think we, yeah, that's <laughs> what needs to happen. I think we have a yeah. very clear understanding of how much I love my wife and how straight I actually am. And uh, it'll all be well, fun and games until someone gets touched. When, <laughs> it might be it might be Boss Hong Liberty's own uh, Chase Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or as we like to call him in our Boss Hug of Liberty group chat, not gay Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you you were on, speaking of touching, you were on Hammer and Nigel yesterday talking about this, the Indianapolis City Councilman. Yeah, those guys. Two out of their, what is it, is it 27 guys they've got in their council? So two out of 27 were accused of inappropriately touching children. It's uh, It was 8% of the city council <laughs> under some sort of investigation. It's It was really. Thankfully, yeah, 0% as, of the Newcastle Council is, yeah. is well, the the, new, the uh, Indianapolis uh, City County Council sounds a lot like the Catholic Church right now. <laughs> it's you. You feel you feel bad, but you you get the representation you deserve. And this Jeff Miller guy, I don't know him personally, but he he struck me as a guy who was not. And this sounds weird to say, he was not malicious in his action. And you almost go, well, how could you be accused of touching kids and not be malicious in your action? He didn't. He didn't touch. While well, what he did was inappropriate. It was almost a guy that's just so aloof and out of touch of normalcies of society. You just want to say you don't necessarily belong in prison, but you shouldn't be allowed to interact with others. You definitely shouldn't be deciding on, on our taxes. Yeah. So, so kind of like Trump thinking that you need an ID to go to the grocery store. <laughs> he was talking about alcohol. You got to have alcohol to buy booze. Uh, but no, you you look at a guy like that and you say a troubled guy who made a very bad decision some people are very upset that he didn't. He's not going to spend time in jail, provided he he meets the terms of his you know sentencing. But right. uh, it, you look at the the affidavit on the guy in the report, and it's 
I think he's getting the punishment he deserves, and hopefully he'll just be ostracized from the but, community. But he did he did miss the narrowly miss the being placed on the uh, sex offenders list. Well, correct? he has Jim Voiles as his attorney, and as we all know, uh, that's the best money can buy. You want you you want to no, Sean Rao, Liberty <laughs> Defender Sean Rao is the best that money can buy. Okay, Jeremiah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, of course. Let's make that clear. Of course, he's you gave the second him a best. dollar. Yeah, I, Sean is the official attorney of the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. But if I'm like Tony Stewart and accidentally hit a guy with my car, I'm probably I'm probably going to retain both uh, Sean and Jim Voiles. Ooh, tag team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all right, let's, before we uh, before we get to our eight o'clock call with Muster Molinero, uh, <laughs> he's we call him uh, we call him uh, Spielberg around the office. Spielberg because huh? he is a videographer extraordinaire. I mean, that guy mm. makes masterpieces. The Espresso Show, man. They they, they, they before they were podcasts, they just made these funny videos. Yeah, is is, is he kind of like Steven Spielberg in which he, he hates some of his own work? Uh, well, here's the thing, I, and I know you guys are probably like this too because you know so many people. Now with the Boss Hog of Liberty, you have so many fans. That I always just forget people's names. I know so many people, so I just start giving them nicknames because I called everybody Buddy for a while, and then that was catching on that everybody was called the same name. So I just start giving people nicknames, and and so half the office hates me if I give them a bad a bad nickname. So uh, it yeah, sticks. Yeah, he's Spielberg. So uh, well, well, we're well, we're vamping here for a few minutes, waiting on the waiting on the clock. We're we're not used to having a clock around here. This is very yeah. new. So we're 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 rookies. We got You're our, becoming pros. We've got our yellow rookie stripe on the back bumper of the car here of the Boss yeah, Hog Chevrolet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Chevrolet, huh? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, until Honda comes up with some bigger money. Uh, <laughs> you were working as a staff member uh, for the Marlon Stetsman yes. for Senate campaign. Yes. And you just played hooky the last day of the campaign. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, w- because I you went Because you got an offer you couldn't re- refuse. Yeah, so um, Mar- Marlon was – by the way, can we just say this? How lucky is the governor? He goes from being third in a three-way Senate race <laughs> to being the lieutenant governor – to being the governor. That and man should have bought a, a Powerball ticket. He did it in like 60 days. Yeah, it's it's the most incredible thing ever. Um, but yeah, I worked for Marlon Stutzman, and those guys were super nice to me. They let me keep doing my radio show. That was part of my deal. I said, I'm not going to lose my my radio show. Yeah, yeah, I can't work for you for for, for four months and yeah. then have a real job at yeah. the end of this, right? Yeah, because I, I said, you know, I told them when they hired me, I said, no offense, you know, I'm not going to bank everything on this guy winning a Senate race, which was a good move in hindsight. <laughs> Although I do tr- I do truly think... He would have been a fine senator. I, I think he would have won had had uh, Holcomb stayed in the race because I think the uh, Young and, and Holcomb were pulling votes from each other. And and so, I, however, ironically, I think Evan Bayh would have beat Marlon Stutzman because I think Todd Young ran a... Phenomenal campaign, Todd Young, because he was the Marine. Yeah he, yeah, he was in the Marines. He was at the tip of the spear behind a computer. Was he? <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. I didn't know that. Uh, oh. Guffy, were you a Marine? No, no, I, I no. I was in the so you, National Guard. You yeah. didn't eat any of the the crayons that Craig Armstrong brought us. No, no, no. Didn't eat crowns. But not a jarhead. I am not some of the toughest people in the Navy. Because if you look at Marines, little pay stub it says Department of the Navy. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack, but it's it's true. Yeah, it I really asked, does. Does it yeah, really? Yeah. Sure oh, does. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they are, I didn't they know that at all. part of the Department of the Navy. I asked huh. Todd one time if he loved the song in the Navy, and he didn't He didn't answer that question. <laughs> but it's kind of weird how um, how Stutzman probably would have won that primary, but probably would have lost to Evan Bayh. So it's weird how it all kind of works out. But yes, the day before the primary ended, I got asked to interview President Trump. Well, candidate Trump. Yeah, that's true. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. So he was always to, president to me. You went <laughs> the day he got off the escalator in New York. <laughs> Chris Bengel wants to know if Haley Kendall, if uh, if she's still called Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's called the love of my life, the absolutely most important person I love she, the most. She said that clearly radio is his love. <laughs> <laughs> Haley so, is my love. I meant that radio is my professional uh, love. Listen, Haley, this is a podcast. Not a radio. <laughs> Not, so, so, so you podcasting went to the, is his love. You went to the giant degree deodorant stick on West Street. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and if you're not from Indianapolis, you can Google the JW Marriott and look at the picture and you'll go, Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and and you had you were like there were like three people that got to do an interview. With yeah. Him. I mean it was it was exclusive. Yeah. Somehow you got selected or emailed the right person. Well, so the deal is, you know, Trump is like Santa Claus. He's watching all year long and he knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. And you you had been on the Trump train yeah. from day zero. Yeah. I love from uh, escalator coming down when, when he used the term rapists and thugs or whatever it was talking about the people coming from Mexico. I said, "There's, there's my boy." Oh, <laughs> okay. oh no, no. Uh, I liked Trump because he agitated all the right people. Right? I mean, he agitated everybody in both parties. And when yeah. you're ma- because the Republicans are just a bit wait, of, wait, both parties, both parties, all, all three parties. Well, all so, three parties. The libertarians were triggered too. <laughs> 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 Although I feel like there were a lot of libertarians who, when you would catch them in moments of honesty, they'd go, ah, kind of like some of what this guy stands for. Yeah, uh, we like half of what Republicans claim to like yeah. and half of what Democrats claim yeah, to like, right? Yeah, but they yeah. never govern that way. Yeah, but, you know, we did get a tax cut. Yeah, so we didn't get spending cuts, which is what a libertarian would have also incent- you know, advocated for or, or demanded. And he did run on a really good platform uh, for libertarians on foreign policy, yeah. other than the wall, of yeah. course, but – uh, yeah. Now, uh, careful, he, Dakota. He, I don't want you to have to go back. Of course, <laughs> of course, he dropped bombs like all the other Republican uh, presidents. But at least it too. wasn't soldiers. At least it wasn't soldiers for you're, once. You're right. We didn't have a ground war. It was just an air attack. <laughs> that those that little light show cost us about fifty million bucks. It was great. It was awesome. I mean, I mean isn't that what Obama did? I mean, he won a peace prize and he dropped more bombs than any other president yes. before him. Yeah, you're absolutely he right. He killed more Middle Eastern children than any other president before him, and he still won a Nobel Peace Prize. I always say Donald Trump is the president America deserves. Right? I mean, we have created this environment where these thugs and mobsters. I mean. Uh, Harry Reid's a mobster, right? I mean, the guy goes into Washington broke and comes out a multi-gazillionaire. I mean, he does that because— Yeah, but he gave an eye. So. Yeah, yeah he, he, gave, <laughs> he gave all. Some gave all, and Harry Reid gave none. Um, an but, eye. But these people roll an over for, for the politicians because they say, oh, he looks good in a suit. Oh, he talks nice. Oh, he pretends to care about me. They don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. They care about themselves and enriching themselves. That's why their trading laws are different. That's why things they can do are different. That's why they exempted themselves from Obamacare. I just felt like Trump was the guy that could make everybody miserable, and I really liked that. Hmm. So at the uh, the time you got to go, it was uh, uh, it was basically down to uh, Ted Cruz, the senator, old Lion Ted, Lion Ted puts and, the Bible and, up, tells the truth, puts the Bible down, lies, call him Lion Ted, and uh, <laughs> the basketball ring incident, and uh, which I was in the room for that. <laughs> I was going to say you were there. I was you? there. Jesse Riddle and I were in Nightstown. We walked from his house over to the Hoosier Gym, and, Did you and watched it happen. Did you boo when he did that? I was uh, the biggest thing of me for the night was that our boy Clay B- Floyd the Barber and <laughs> and, uh, and Chad Malico, friends of the show, they uh, they gave the invocation and the entrance. They were the local Republicans that uh, didn't introduce. Uh, didn't him. Clay do the prayer? Yeah, Clay did the prayer, and, yeah. and Chad was the uh, was the MC. So I was taking pictures of my friends that were there and just kind of hanging out. Yeah. So uh, so so here's kind of what happened. Trump. I would say Trump's Trump's a 
like a gorilla. You could, you could put him at a Wendy's at 2 a.m. and 10,000 people show up. And Okay, be careful about talking about apes. We know what <laughs> happened to Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I mean, he is King Kong, right? People are fascinated whether you like him or you hate him. People are fascinated by Trump. And they'll come to the rallies, and they'll, he'll fill up the fairgrounds, and he'll fill up the Carmel Palladium. But that doesn't always work well in primaries because it's so much about grassroots politicking. And, and Cruz was really good at that. Cruz had, you know, 50 people on a phone bank everywhere. And he would go to the, you know, the Oasis Diner in Plainfield, and there'd be 300 people there. And, and one of the things that the Trump campaign, it was so skeleton in Indiana. It was Rex Hurley and Tony Samuel and a bunch of volunteers. And by the way, their volunteer campaign, incredible. It was like 30 people who would go, okay, I'm going to the, I don't even know if it's in business anymore, but the, the, the Shoney's in Kendallville. I don't even know if there is a Shoney's in Kendallville. I'm going to I'm gonna be there from 1 to 3. By 1.30, oh, all the signs are gone. Gave away 300 signs. I mean, it was totally organic grassroots stuff. They would just come get it. Yeah, people would just show up because they'd see it on the Facebook page and and, and go get it, and they'd, they'd give them out. But, but Trump was not good at grassroots. He didn't really have volunteers. He didn't have paid staffers. And so they recognized, hey, Cruz is doing really well in a lot of these Republican counties in terms of grassroots. And they said, how can we do grassroots without – because let's face it, Trump's not going to go knock on doors, right? I mean, Trump's (laughs) not going to show up at your door. He's not going to show up at the local public library. They said, how can we do this without – with what we have to work with? And they said, well, this guy is a safe guy to put him with. He has a lot of listeners in the third most or fourth most Republican county in the state. Let's put him out there. And – it was awesome. It was totally life changing. And and what was the word that he used to describe it's you? Terrific. That he is said, right. Said I'm, he wished every interview could be just like this. Now and you have a picture of him, and he's given the infamous thumbs up. Yeah, he's it's it's us shaking hands, and he's so happy. And and uh, it was like Field of Dreams, man. I mean, it was literally. <laughs> I, at the end, I wanted to ask him if he wanted to play a game of catch. You know, well, uh, what was he like in person? So two things that stood out. Number one, it's just like Apprentice because I was the first guy in there, and they put you in a room by yourself. And did they he say, fire you? They say, he, he loved me. Did you call? Did he call you a dog? He did not call me a dog, <laughs> nor did he threaten to fire me. He actually, the best part about it was they give you they have a very strict timetable because they go from one guy to the next, and I think the Daily Mail was after me, and, and so they say, hey, you got to be on the timetable, and your 15 minutes are up, and we're basically going to hit you with a cattle prod if you're not out of your seat when your time's up. You get done, so I'm wrapping everything up. He keeps talking. And like he just keeps rolling and rolling. And the ladies, the handlers, like giving me the signal, you got to go. And I'm like, the guy's still talking. I'm not leaving. Come on. He was so nice. He's such a genuine guy. And I told him when we got done, I said, if people saw this side of you, this is totally different than Twitter Trump. This is what the world's leaders see. This is what the cabinet sees. Yeah, I've heard that before. If people saw this side of you, they would have a totally different opinion i mean he, he I, we started talking about life. he was giving me life advice you know I was like, so like, so you know who he else told said to mary Haley. yeah he absolutely did he said you wed that girl quickly um, so you know who else said the same thing is alex jones <laughs> that's <laughs> fascinating yeah yeah i heard alex jones said the exact same thing whenever he was on joe rogan's podcast the uh, 9-11 episode i mean he and it, he was literally giving me life advice because he said well what do you want to do with your life and i was telling him about town council and then i was telling him getting back into radio and i said i'm gonna give this a year and see what happens he he goes follow your dreams man he goes i follow my dreams all the time and it was just like holy crap this guy's gonna be the freaking president and he's sitting here talking to some guy he doesn't know the other part about trump that was so amazing is he walks in i'm the only guy in there not once did anybody ask me beforehand or during the interview, what do you want to talk to him about? He walks up, shakes my hand. Very nice to meet you. And, and you asked him about wrestling. Yeah. He's on this role. Like, it is no wonder he is put in the position where he makes some of the flubs he does. And I'm sure it's changed since he's been president. 
But man, the lack of institutional control. Like I guarantee if you had interviewed Ted Cruz, it would have been list of questions. Don't deviate from the questions. If you deviate from the questions, you'll be, you'll be immediately removed. He didn't ask me anything. Wow. I could have asked him anything. So, so that was the other thing I wanted to ask you about doing our little section of shop talk before we get to the, the phone call was how you prepare for your show. So since the beginning, uh, we didn't really have show notes in the beginning. The show uh, notes the, the originally first, the first show notes were written on a used paper plate. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I kind of got I kind of got used, crazy. Yes. So like it was we, only a sandwich, Chris. It wasn't yeah. like there was ketchup stains on it. So, or anything. so like be. we talked about before, I get obsessive over things. Yeah, and, it, and uh, so I took over this uh, the role of the show notes and doing all that. And um, it, I. I kind of freak out if we don't if I don't have these yeah. uh, sitting next to me. So I, I'm curious as to how you do it for a radio show. Well, one of the people that's really good for helping me prepare is is my wife. She, she's really good to bounce stuff off. She's a she's conservative. She's into politics. She works in government. She's really good at her job. So she's really good to bounce things off of. Like if I'm going to interview somebody, especially you know, what do you think about this? And we'll sit around and talk politics a lot of times. And she's really great to bounce ideas off of because one, it's a female perspective, right? Cause guys think different right, than, yeah. than girls. Oh, my wife is the same way. Like she, she watched, I mean, she's watching now. She watches the entire thing live and then gives me feedback at the end of every episode. Like this needs to change. You need to do this with the audio, yeah. things like that. And, and it's we really change it that way. It's really interesting. Cause I'm a clown, right? I mean, I'm a character. <laughs> I've created a, a character and, and she's the polar opposite of, of me, you know, everybody likes Haley and, and everybody thinks highly of her and she's very reserved. And so she offers a lot of really good advice in terms of, you know, hey, maybe you should ask him about this or maybe you should you should talk about that. I, I don't I don't like to prepare. I like to feel it. My bosses don't like that. I, I'm the same way. I'm, you know, I, oh, I'm, you know, I read the show notes once. It would be fine. <laughs> show notes. That's why, that's why I like Dakota's to do the, all the detail. I like to do the outline. I like to do a lot of research yeah. and and learn about the things we're going to talk about. That way, I'm I'm really good whenever it comes in. Yeah. All because right. if I can't do freeform stuff, <laughs> we are. We have reached the appointed time. We'll see if this works live on the air. We don't have. Uh, we we use Skype. We don't have the. Uh, we don't have uh, brilliant software and you know people on hold, but it's ringing. I hope I hope uh, Joey doesn't answer, and it's his phone <laughs> number, and we have to unplug immediately, and so we don't Uh-oh. dox him. Oh. Hello, there he is. <laughs> hey, there, there's the man, the man of the hour, jo- Joey Molinero. Is this the right number? Did we call the right one? This is this is the right number. Okay, good. This is so we have. I'm hearing a little echo. Uh oh. Well, uh, it's, not, it's not there anymore. All right, good. Thank God. Going <laughs> uh, to be honest, Joey, we don't have a lot of technology to fix it. <laughs> He's uh, frantically turning <laughs> knobs, Joey. I, I'm looking at knobs. You are. Uh, we're, this is the uh, Bob and uh, the Bob and Tom show. It's the. Uh, <laughs> it's the. It's the Rob Kendall, Jeremiah Morrill, uh Chris, Chris Galt, Chris Guffey, and wow. uh, and Dakota Davis experience. Bob uh, Boss Hog of Liberty. Chris Galt is next. Week. Chris Galt's oh. next week. Yes. Uh, and uh, we have Joey Molinero of the Espresso Podcast. Joey, you just released episode 31 uh, this week. Yeah, the Reggie Miller shot. It was uh, it was a fun one. You guys, at the beginning of that episode, you said it's the, 31 is the only guy you can think of as Reggie Miller. And I'm going, no, that's Alan Mr. Jr., man. He won his second Indy 500 in the, uh, in the Marlboro Team Penske car, 94. But you, yeah. you, you give me no love. <laughs> Yeah, we're just thinking guys who need statues in Indy, and uh, we went with Reggie on that one. So Al didn't quite make the cut. 
I know he's got that museum though that uh, looks pretty impressive as well. So you got a point. Yeah, that's we can go with the Al Hunter shot. Yeah, it's the uh, the baby Al, little Al. So uh, you have uh, as as we we read your bio. On, uh, of course, you go to WIBC and they have a very thorough website. And there's there's even a bio for for Joey Molinaro on there that talks <laughs> about your your school. And we were we you know we just do a lot of research on our guests. And it says you went to Ron Colley High School. Is that correct? I did class of 2012. Class of 2012. God. Oh man. 2012. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. okay. You're like 35 back then. Yeah. I, I'm class of 2001. I'm the world's oldest, oldest millennial. Joey. All right. All right. Don't don't feel bad, Joey. I'm the class of 2014. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Dakota, and you got a house already. That's like the coolest house ever, and I got some apartment. I can't freaking walk in, so I, I can't. Hey, I hey, can't listen, complain. Joey moved to Newcastle. And we can share the same lifestyle. I promise. That's what that's what you guys are saying. You know, me and my fiance, we, we're gonna have to do some serious talking and uh, may make it out there with uh, the Boss Hog crew. So you got uh, you got to get RC to move out here. She's right here next to me. So she'll have some she'll have some fun in Newcastle. She's got a friend out here already. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. some people. She'll be all right. Uh, so right. So we're just minding our own business, and uh, I don't know. Monday morning, all of a sudden, Facebook goes goes to hell. Uh, your alma mater, Ron Colley, the, uh, the mm-hmm. like the second most famous Catholic high school in Indianapolis, I would say. Damn, that's harsh. Man. You're gonna <laughs> have a guest on there and just completely spit all over his school. Uh, so Ron Colley's in the news. My 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 co-host his his bladder is full and he's walking away. He's just leaving me in peril. Uh, so y- your school has uh, has made the news. The uh, there's a I guess a guidance counselor, Shelley Fitzgerald, who I'm since you just graduated from there, I'm sure you actually know this person. Uh, she she got in trouble uh, or got doxed, I guess, by the uh, by the by somebody in the parish uh, for having a. a a marriage with uh, somebody that's not a dude is that basically your understanding yeah yeah so i guess they they flagged that and uh apparently they weren't happy with it so they turned it into uh uh the archdiocese from my understanding and then that was kind of handed down to uh my alma mater yeah and miss fitzgerald was actually she was my counselor while i was there uh, <laughs> so my four years that i was there um I met with her a couple times a year. You know, she helped me start looking at colleges, figure out what I was wanting to do. Um, she's she's the reason did. you are where you are today, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, did you have an opinion? Was this on your radar before we was like, "Hey, uh, Joey, uh, we know you, and you went to Ron Colley. Let's burden you with this." Did, did, <laughs> did you did you have an opinion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I knew about it on Sunday because my uh, my middle sister, I've got, I've got two sisters. My, my middle sister, she is, this is actually her first year of teaching at Ron Colley. So she graduated in 2015 from Ron Colley and then she got hired to be a a U.S. history teacher there. And so in her first week, he got this firestorm going on. So, uh, lots of handle for the rookie teacher there, but she, um, knew about it and I had seen everything that was blown up on Facebook and, and social media on Sunday, actually. 
So then by the time they got to Monday, I mean, yeah, it was already almost 24 hours in the news cycle uh, for the folks on the south side of Indy. So uh, Monday Monday morning, Ron Colley uh, still had it on their – they still had a Facebook page at that time. And they, 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 had, <laughs> they had released a statement saying, hey, because we're going to suspend this, teach, this, this employee. I guess she's not actually a teacher. I don't know. I, I went. To, I was homeschooled, so I don't know how to. I don't know how to decide if somebody's a teacher or an employee or what they are. The staff member, uh, Miss Miss Fitz, right. Fitzgerald, uh, or Mrs. Fitzgerald, I guess. I I, I don't know. I, uh, pronouns are troublesome. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> whole new trouble here. Did, did we just get there? Like we're there. I thought that I had said some pretty racy things during this I, episode. So this the the, st- the school releases the statement, and I I was impressed that they still let people comment, but they said you know. Pursuant to our contractual agreement, we're you know we're we're suspending basically this person. Yeah, and I yeah I looked at it. I always have a little bit of a different way to look at the world, and I'm like, man, somebody just weaponized a marriage license. I, and it, as libertarians, and this is a libertarian show, but in in general, it's, we come by it naturally. We we always say <laughs> government <laughs> government shouldn't be in marriage. So everybody celebrated you know three or four years ago when all of a sudden we got gay marriage across the state across the country. Uh, you know, okay, now everybody can go get married. So now, instead of just two individuals saying, "Hey, we have a partnership and we're together and we want we want tax benefits," uh, some they went to Hancock County and they said, "Hey, we want to have a marriage certificate and we want you know we want to be included." Uh, and somebody literally weaponized that and used it against them, and uh, and and now it's potentially going to cost her her job. Yeah, I mean, that's way more up your guys' alley than what I know. My mind's pretty limited, so all the all the po- political mumbo jumbo, yeah, that <laughs> that was awesome stuff there, Jeremiah. But uh, <laughs> no, no wonder you're running for office, there, guy. You got it down. Just, just say that. Uh, Say that something's being subsidized or say that the tax benefit isn't good enough, and then you're good. Everybody will think you know what you're talking about. You'll believe it. At least well, that's how I look at it. I mean, you bring up, but, the, uh, you bring up the tax money, and if Ron Colley has received uh, $6.5 million in vouchers from the state of Indiana in the past five years, so it's that is that has been one concern with people that have been observing this story from the outside and saying how can they take taxpayer money and not – be upheld to the same laws as other public institutions. Yeah, so there's a uh, there's there's a state representative Dan Forrestal who's from Indianapolis. Who's a, you may have known him too. He's a Ron Colley guy. Uh, he's actually I, had, I I didn't know him until I saw that article. Yeah, so he he's uh, you can't offer a bill right now. They're out of session, but he's saying he's going to bring up a bill uh, to basically you know take the money away from the school if you have have this sort of a policy. Then there he's his say he's saying. Uh, you know what? We're we're just not going to let you have any public money if you're going to have this sort of policy. Well, and and Rob, you have some thoughts on that, correct? Well, so look, here's the deal: she had a contract, right? And we can ha- all have our own opinion on on marriage. I know, as libertarians, you hate traditional marriage. No, we just <laughs> we just hate having to have a permission. <laughs> no, no, and, and I'm with you on that, and, and I think I've been pretty candid about that. But. She had a contract, right? And you can like the contract or not like the contract. If she didn't want the terms of the contract, she should have gone somewhere else. Now, we can think that's a bad law. It's a bad rule. Maybe she's a great counselor. It sounds like she was. But she had a contract. And so if we're going to have the government start wading into people's contracts, private contracts that they willingly sign, I think that's a very slippery slope. Yeah, it's the uh... – No, yeah. I, I, I like Rob, I, I 100% agree with you there. I mean, I think – 
I feel like basically, you know, I, I wanted, I'm glad you guys asked me to come on and, and uh, allowed me to come on because, you know, I, I, I see your point there 100%. Um, and I, I'm basically just trying to separate from all these folks who are trying to make these things, you know, um, not mutually exclusive. So whereas you got folks talking about how you should be so ashamed to go to Ron Colley, you should be so ashamed to have graduated from Ron Colley how terrible and oppressive of a place it was. And while, yes, like you said, Rob, some of the, the how it got broken down for Miss Fitzgerald, how it's going right now in that decision, that may not be the best. So we may not be agree with it or agree with it. Ron Colley is, is none of those things that these people are trying to make it out to be. I, I mean, I've had family that's gone there our whole life. I've gone there. All of my best friends have gone there. It's not an oppressive place. I mean, the toughest decision, the toughest thing that kids face that go to Ron Colley is whether they got to wear a blue polo or a red polo that day. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's a joke to me, all these people who are coming out and, and are talking about right. all those things and how awful of a place it is. It's just not. So, and I wish people could look at it in, you know, two hands instead of just having all in one pile of, okay, yeah, they're in a bad spot with Miss Fitzgerald and, and, and having her be in the position that she's in now. But right. that place does a lot of good, too. Do you see so, the, the the Ron Colley family coming to her defense and, and rallying around her? Or do you, how, do you think, how do you think the public sentiment's going to be from the school community? I think, yes, they're coming to her defense. Um, but maybe this is the cynic in me, fellas. Uh, I, I, I think that a lot of this kind of um, commentary and the, the hate and the bashing that's going towards that school and that community is all people with one sour grapes and two people who in this world, in this generation just want to be able to be in on something, just want to be able to feel a part of something like they're making a difference by having their voice heard on social media. I couldn't agree um, more, so, Joey. Have you, have you changed, your, have you changed your profile picture yet? Uh, to... <laughs> So, Joey, there. Go ahead, uh, Dakota. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to continue. <laughs> so, so Joey, there there has been a lot of talk about you know the contract, and I totally agree. The contract states that she must uh, that all educators must uphold the teachings of the Catholic Church, which states that marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, however, some of the counterpoints that I've seen. Uh, kind of playing the devil's advocate here uh they're saying we don't have any proof that she has brought up to these students in the past 15 years that marriage is not between a man and a woman she hasn't revealed that 
she's been married to a woman since 2014 to her students. Uh, so what is, uh, I mean, the, so the, where is the, the hard evi- evidence and the hard proof that she's actually gone against that contract? Because as we yeah, as we I found mean, out talking to Chris Spangle from the We Are Libertarians Network. That's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just, well, we just talked to him a minute ago, and he mentioned that uh, the person who actually brought up the marriage certificate to the board is a, is a a very uh, anti LGBTQ uh, plus movement person. So it's like it's like where do you where do you draw the line? Like how do you find out that this that there's hard evidence that she actually did violate the contract other than just being married and they weaponized this marriage certificate. Right. Yeah. And in, in my time in Miss Fitzgerald, that was never a conversation that was never brought up. That was never a part of what she presented to me or our discussions about anything. You know, I mean, and, and it wasn't like she uh, displayed it in any way or, or anything like that. Not that, you know, she shouldn't be allowed to or, or, or whatever, but not that there's just, anything wrong with that. Like, no, of course not. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. Yeah. Another like Seinfeld said, ep- I mean, episode. <laughs> exactly. My father's gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what were we talking about? I don't even know. It's just, uh, it's, you know, I mean, I, I see people on the Facebook comments you guys mentioned on that post and then people are trying to start rallies and like sending back their diplomas and everything. I'm like, guys, what, what are we doing here? Like, these are from the same people who would try to go to Southport for a week and then they'd realize, oh, damn, I had a pretty good Ron Collie. Yeah, I'm not cut out for this. Right. And, I mean, and there was, just give me a break. There was the other article that came out. I believe it was in the Indianapolis Star that uh, that there was the the student organization that was basically a support group for LGBTQ students, and it was uh, disbanded after a while because of the same uh, the same teachings at, that the school guidelines follow, and uh, it was and they were saying that there were I think two students that committed suicide and now they're trying to link that to the fact that their sexuality was oppressed while at Ron Colley. And I think that that goes back to the fact that you were talking about earlier about people just trying to make these random uh, generalizations and these random connections to this case now that it's uh, finally come forward. Yeah, and I mean, it is... um... It, it does put in a weird situation, you know, for Ron, for Ron Kelly, I, I think, and just in terms of another argument that I've seen is uh, people say, yeah, you, you're not, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman, according to the teachers of the, the Catholic Church. But then, you know, what, where do you get, draw the line with contraceptives, with divorce, with, you know, premarital sex, with all of these different things that, yes, right. the Bible says – so are you, you know, going you, you are, know, as a Catholic? Uh, are you going to ask him the question now, where he draws the line, Dakota? Is that what no, doing? no. What I, <laughs> what, I was, what I was going to do is like, is is the uh, the school board going to start going through and any teenage girl there that her her parents have uh, allowed her to have a birth control prescription? Are they going to kick her out of the school? Like, it, I, I mean, those are the <laughs> things mean, that you have to shoot. think about. Like, like that's. That's part of the deal, right? That's that goes against the teachings of the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all part of it. I, again, I mean, if you want an answer for that, then dial up, you know, Joe Hollowell or Chuck Weisenbach because because I'm right. the wrong guy. You know, yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just here to back my school <laughs> and have a, have a have a combo with you guys. But it is. I mean, and honestly, uh, Dakota, it's kind of weird to think about how 
something like this hasn't come up yet. Like this is the first time that Ron Colley has gotten into a situation like this, right? It's, With how everything has become um, uh, in the ever-growing, you know, political world and uh, social justice world that, that we live in, how this is the first instant, instance of any of this showing up. It's just uh, So that'll be interesting to, to see, you know, what kind of um, crack does this, you know, uh, become. Uh, so I don't know. It's going to be... I think it's starting to actually, I don't even know. I don't even think it's dying down. I got to talk to my sister who teaches there. She's right across from the guidance counselor office. So, you know, hmm. <laughs> her, her classroom has to be a, a load of fun for sure. It's, uh, but, sure. um, yeah, it, it's, it's sad that, you know, the, oh, we, the, the teachers are worse off. The students are worse off and the school is worse off than it was a week ago. Cause somebody weaponized a, a government document. And it's just sad. Uh, Joey, thank you very right. much for joining us. Uh, if you have anything to promote, episode 32, what's what's going on in Shot 32 on the Espresso podcast? Uh, we're working on a guest right now, hopefully trying to lock down uh, Krishan Hogan from the Indianapolis Colts and uh, former Marion Knight. Um, he's been doing real well, and, and he's a local guy. So want to talk with him. Uh, we got our, our, our Espresso tailgate coming up on September 1st. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, we got a location. We're trying to lock that down, but it's going to be kicking off the football season, college football season with espresso and, uh, be a big party with that. Um, but yeah, that's what we got going on and, um, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, college is a good place. All right. Remind ever remind all of our listeners where we can find the espresso podcast. Espresso, uh, you get that on, uh, the Apple iTunes podcast, uh, you have your podcast on your iPhone or their uh, iTunes for sure. Stitcher as well. Uh, Omni, if you want to stream it that way. Uh, Joey Molinero on all social medias and then uh, at Benedict Polizzi and at Espresso Fam on Instagram is where you can find us, fellas. When are you doing your next shirtless video? <laughs> I'm the wrong guy for that. Too. I'm just the one. I'm, I'm basically Ben's pimp at this point. Everybody's like, "You think Ben will do that, Charlotte?" I'm like, "I mean, yeah, you know, so it's funny." So, <laughs> all right, man. We, we but actually, it. In, no, in all seriousness, he did just film one today with Tony Katz. So you know, there'll be another one coming out probably later this week. <laughs> yeah, wonderful, wonderful. I, I can't wait until the all Rob right. Kendall promo where uh, he does it with him too. <laughs> yeah, for the, get for the like Sunday that. Rob show. <laughs> all right, man. I, all right, I, fellas. I, I always listen. I I don't understand the cultural references because I've turned into an old guy, but uh, and and I don't understand the rapping. But uh, you know, it's good time. <laughs> I I, I, under, I understand the sports. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Thanks, boss. I'll See you, Joey. Guys. Well, there we go. Dakota tried to get him to cr- just crush his school. That was brutal. Well, did, he, yeah, he, ma- he makes a good point because, like, my wife went to went to Ritter, and these schools do a phenomenal job educating kids. That's why parents, you know, in many cases will mortgage their futures to send their, their kids there, whether it's Ron Colley or Cathedral or, or Ritter or, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, my, my wife's parents put four kids through private school. I mean, it, it was very taxing, but they do a phenomenal job instilling values in the kids. All those kids they raise are good kids. You know, they're productive members of society. And I think that's what Joey's trying to say. Look, they've got a policy. Whether you agree with the policy or you don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. These schools do a ton of good. They help a lot of underprivileged kids who could, otherwise couldn't afford that are in awful schooling situations. So keep that in perspective. Right, and I would never, I would never say that there's something wrong with the wrong collie. It's just the, the, the fact that 
You know, okay, so a, a few years ago, a book came out by the author A.J. Jacobs, and it was it was called The Year of Living Biblically. There's now a TV show on ABC about it. And basically what A.J. Jacobs did was follow every single rule in the Bible to the letter because his family, he comes from Jewish lineage. So he, he did that. Like, so no, no wearing clothes of mixed fiber. It had to be all natural cotton. Couldn't touch his wife if she was menstru- if she was menstruating. So couldn't even sleep in the same bed as her. So he followed all these same rules, and it it gets me really bad uh, whenever people bring up all these uh, laws in the Bible, and you know because like drinking, there's all these fundamental fundamentalist Christians that say that they disagree with drinking or smoking. Was, was Svedka in the Bible? Or is that still good? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, there's that old there's that it's old line. Be from the original recipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that old line that says, "Don't smoke, drink, or chew, or hang out that the hang out with those that do." Right, and that, that we've all heard that if we're in small town Indiana, and that crawls all over my skin. So whenever things like this come out, I you know there's well, the a, there's serious objection. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean I have a tattoo that uh, is Le- Leviticus uh, thir- thirteen twenty eight, and it says, and it is the tattoo that says, "Do not tattoo marks on your body." Uh, we got, because we I, got I drunk one night, that. and I told Dakota, "You should get that tattoo." And then two weeks later, he's got that tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, it's because uh, like I I'm a Christian myself. Uh, I definitely I subscribe to all the beliefs in the Bible, and there's a lot of things going along with the modern Christian church and the modern Catholic church. That I don't agree with. So whenever things like this come up, I think it's very important for people to speak out about the, it. The church is going to have to weather a storm, and that, and that's that. Unfortunately, they've you know this is the there is there are so many layers to this onion of public dollars, private dollars, social contracts, government being involved in marriage. There's an awful lot going on here to unpack. Um, I the there. There's not a right answer. The church, obviously, religion churches should be able to have whatever whatever policies they want to have. And if you have a if a, if a Christian school or a private school or a Catholic school, then obviously morality clauses and the things they put in that's their right to do that. The problem they have and what Representative Forrestal put forward is probably the right deal. And what's going to catch them is that when you have public money involved. You know, if you have a public, a federal contract for a road work, the, the next thing that happens is the contractor has to agree that I'm going to have non-discriminatory, non-discriminatory policies for employment. When you take federal dollars for a or, a, or state dollars for a, a school, then that logically that's the next step. So, uh, so, so the, the thing about that is, is that could encourage these these other off the cuff laws that come out from the state about public policy. Right, so it's like all of a sudden, if we make this law, then we can't employ this certain contractor. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't think. But you were you mentioned you mentioned that on uh, your Facebook page, I believe it was. It's like the just the off the cuff laws. Well, they, that they create these crises, they create these policies, and then it, it it's a crisis that must be put out. But we created the crisis, but we're the only people that can solve the crisis. It never ends. Right, they're, they're, and, and and you brought up you are a huge fan of Governor Holcomb's metal detector policy. I love it. Schools, I think right? it was a great idea. <laughs> I think it's just going to solve all the problems. Yeah, it is. Like it doesn't matter who, like who's going to be in there with the metal detectors, right? Look, I was critical of it from the beginning, but I had a superintendent text me one time, and and we were going back and forth on it, and they initially weren't going to take it, and ultimately decided to, and and the superintendent just said, he goes, I told him, I said, you're you're, you're 
putting yourself on the line here now because now you've taken the bribe money and, and right. if something happens on you. And he said, what choice do I have? He says, if something happens and I don't, then why didn't you take the metal detectors? That superintendent recognized this is a waste of money. That superintendent recognized it wasn't going to solve his problem. But he has to take it because if he doesn't, then it's why didn't you take it? You didn't do yeah. everything possible. So yeah, you t- you made a decision not to do it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So it's adv- it's advice time with Rob. Yeah. Okay. Great. If I'm if I am elected by the wonderful people of Henry County, and I get to take the oath of office on on a fi- family Bible, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I want to know how to be the greatest tax cutter in the history of Henry County as you were for the town of Brownsburg. So I get asked this all the time, and I feel like it's like if David Blaine were revealing the secret, you know, once the <laughs> once the secret's out, you know, it's not hard. My, my father-in-law has a saying, and he says, you know, for many things, it's a math equation, right? And And local government is not the federal government. It's a math equation. It's revenue in versus revenue spent. And so when I got elected, I kept I t- campaigning on it. I said, we're going to cut taxes. Everybody said, you can't do it. It's never been done. You can't do it. You can't cut on a municipal level. I said, bull crap. Sure you can. It's not hard. I barely I barely got out of high school. I was a good college student, but I'm not a rocket scientist. It, it is not hard. It's revenue in versus expenses out. And you generate revenue in a couple different ways. Number one, you hold your spending in check, which is very important. You don't even, you don't even cut spending. You just have to hold it in check. To the money. You- well, yeah, if you live in a place like Hendricks County where it's growing. <laughs> but, that, but but Brownsburg wasn't when I got elected. It wasn't growing, and it now it is. It was the third fastest growing community so the, in the state. The budget for Henry County is what, $14 million? Yep. And that, yeah. Yeah. So is that a general fund budget or is that overall? That's, that's general that's fund. Over, that yeah. does include some others. But So yeah. I mean, by comparison, Brownsburg's general fund budget this year, I've, I don't keep track of it as much anymore, but probably somewhere about ten and a half, eleven million million, $11 probably. So I mean, it's somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. So. He said, look, the dollars we spend are going to be dollars that generate assessed value in the community. So completing the Ronald Reagan from Avon to Brownsburg, that was my my baby. You know, the expansion of 267, that was my thing. So you have to – the dollars you do spend, the new dollars you do – it's okay to invest money. But you got to make sure – you absolutely got to make sure it's investment that's going to bring assessed value. Because as that assessed value rises, as long as your expenses don't keep up with that assessed value, it's a math equation. You're going to grow your way out. You're going to grow You absolutely are. And look, I am a huge proponent of this. It was a huge reason why Pete Miller's not employed anymore. Tax increment finance is not bad if you use it responsibly. So many people hate Carmel and they hate downtown Indianapolis and their tax increment finance districts. Tiffs. As yeah, as long as you are putting that money towards infrastructure, whether it's water and sewer, whether it's roads, sidewalks, things that will grow assessed value, which is the intent of TIF, it's not yeah. a bad thing. Which we talked about last week with uh, the real estate agent John Kindred, uh, using money for actual infrastructure projects, saying that things that make the community look better yeah and it's not giving money away to private developers like that's not a good use of tiff what is a good use of tiff though is expanding roads it is it is putting water and sewer lines which are the future of communities down it is creating infrastructure for businesses as a collective to come who will pay taxes and infrastructure and this is key that everyone will use people do use roads people do use sidewalks so you get the benefit of both worlds is there is there any future in uh, the political world for 
for uh, Rob Kendall. No, you gonna I'm, be running for governor? No, 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 no. Senate? You no. gonna be trying to kick out old, uh, no. old, old sleeping Joe? Yeah, no. By the way, because because uh, Ray Zelensky's gonna beat him this this fall. Yeah, Mike Mike Braun, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, auto parts kid. Politi- uh, Politico just ran that article with the headline "Sleeping Joe Donnelly." I I it, got so to, it's, it, the Trump uh, the Trumpisms are sh- starting to catch on. You never you never say never that years down the road maybe, but I'm very happy with what I'm doing. I have a very wonderful wife. I'm you know hopefully starting a family soon. And again. This is something I hope you keep in mind when you win. And one thing, because nobody told me, right? I mean, I was 27. I was running around thinking I knew everything. I'd won a big election. And everybody, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to – don't let it consume you. You know, make – you have a wonderful wife. Make sure that you make time for her. Because if I'd have had my wife then that I do now and somebody that could walk me off that ledge, I'd have been a better counselor because it consumes you. And the petty grudges consume you. And it becomes <laughs> – it comes about not only doing it because it's right for the community but beating that other councilman because you don't like him. It swallows your life, man. It swallows your life, and it is did not you, worth did it. Did you have public enemies on the town council? Oh, I had so many. <laughs> I was called a rapist. I was called a Hitler. I got hate mail. Wow. I got, from the councilman? Uh, no, 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 no. From, from town from, people. From, from, from town people. So, the, so, the pitchforks uh, in the street. Real quick, from the live chat, Rob. Uh, Ron Raman. Uh, <laughs> I met Ron today. He, he wants to know if uh, skate parks are a good use of TIF money. No, because they don't grow assessed value. Tiff, you don't think so? No, we I, have a state of the art. I'm not saying there's not value of the to art them. Uh, skate park, I'm, but I'm not. I'm not saying there's not value to them. And I'm not saying that parks and recreation money, or I'm not saying general fund money. Tiff has gotten the bad name it has because people have used it for things that don't grow assessed value. The and tiffs, that, the tiffs are supposed to pay for themselves. Yeah, they are. They are. And 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 so, um, you know, a good example is in, in in Brownsburg. They wanted a splash pad, and over and over and over again. I said, we're not using TIF money for Splash Pet. We forced them to use food and beverage, which is another total scam that exists. But, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> oh, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you, you have to do things with your TIF on, on the up and up. One thing that we did do because it did grow assessed value, I initially wasn't okay with it, but I got to it is downtown redevelopment using cleaning up blighted buildings because I was really concerned about that. But if you don't have a downtown, you guys know that. If you don't have a downtown, you're, you're not surviving as a community. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, luckily, our our downtown is starting to revitalize. Yeah. It, it, it is. It, it, but I, I would just advise you because I know you're so passionate about this community, and I know you you love it so much that it's easy to get swallowed up in it, and you it's not worth it, right? You do your job to the best of your ability, but check out, man. I never checked out in four years. I never missed a meeting. I lived it twenty four seven. How often did the town council meet? They tw- twice a month. So I had 88 meetings in a row. It was the streak. It was like I was the Cal Ripken of of Brownsburg Town Council. (laughs) Our our city council also meets twice a month. But Jeremiah's got the easy street. Uh, Council, county council makes more money than the city council, but only oh, yeah. meets once a month. Oh, yeah. You've got the the cush job then. Yeah. <laughs> You've really got the cush. But you, but you unfortunately all have to burn up 12 vacation days a year but, to do it. But you will, right? You will allow it to consume you if you're not careful. Yeah. And and it's not it's not a it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. Well, very good. Uh, well, we've got uh, we got just a couple months left. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how the race goes. I will be it's, knocking on doors for Boss Hog of Liberty. It's very exciting. I've already decided I'm going to put on a shirt and go knock on some doors, and we're, we're going to have some fun. We're going to sway I'll, the voters. I'll in. keep making more videos. Yeah, that's perfect. You have a great team, Ken and Gray. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I can't thank you enough for for inviting me. I also want to. I know she's still watching home. Thank my wife 
Um, she's really phenomenal about allowing me to go do my stuff, right? And she it, let you out of the house to drive to rural Henry County yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, you had a heck These, of a time getting here yeah, today, yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was uh, trouble finding it, but she is wonderful. She's um, really phenomenal, and I really appreciate things like this when she puts her her interests aside to allow me to come out and do these things because I'm learning. I'm, I'm still getting better at it. When you spend 31 years on your own, marriage is a partnership, and Sometimes you got to think of the needs of others, and I, she's phenomenal. I'm five weeks yeah. in. I'm still learning. I learned today that when you get married, your water bill doubles. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, it, it absolutely yeah, does. That's true. Yeah, I, no, no kidding. No kidding. I had a uh, about a $31 water bill for basically uh, that's th- him. 30, for several years, and then I got the first water bill. What the hell is this? <laughs> Apparently, we have to wash the towels more than once a month. I don't know. Yeah, and you got to dry them twice. Okay, what? okay. So Jeremiah shamed me for wearing the same polo uh, like uh, d- two or three times in a row <laughs> but I always wear undershirts underneath and now he's saying that he only used to wash his towels once a month That's so really I need to true, shame him for that I yeah. have become such a cleaner person since I got married Haley is uh phenomenal at saying no you can't wear that again no you can't do that you have to wash that it, you know uh, you can't eat things off the floor you have to occasionally bathe the dog it's a uh, yeah, marriage has a ah, oh, screw man. that. I still eat things off the floor. <laughs> well, we're at, second rule. She's we're the at, one that has to kiss me later, not me. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the final thoughts portion of the show. It's where we promote things. So I guess you probably had to promote your your dog Bruce's uh, Instagram or something. Oh, yeah. uh, Bruce has a, a Facebook page, uh, Bruce Kendall. My other dog, I actually have another dog who's Ooh. wonderful. Uh, she came as a joint package with my beautiful wife, a miniature schnauzer, Poppy, who has an Instagram account. Um, apparently schnauzers on Instagram are a really big deal. I don't know if you were aware of this. I did not. Schnauzers of Instagram. It's like a community. They do all it sure this, is. Yeah, they do all huh, those sorts absolutely. of things. <laughs> One of my best friends has it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, a, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I avidly follow her. Yeah, it's um, it's a big deal. And so, goats. Yeah, uh, but thank you guys for letting me be here. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. These sort of shows are really important. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming out here and being uh, – we appreciate the friendship. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait until we can get uh, Dakota on the, uh, the Sunday show. And I can't wait until <laughs> victory night when I can declare on w- WIBC – Jeremiah Morrill, Boss Hog of Liberty. By the way, what is your name on the ballot going to be Boss Hog? No, it's uh, Jeremiah Morrill. Okay. It's right. uh, it's on the ballot with yeah. uh, with the uh, with the alias. It's not Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been Jeremiah because you know you can do whatever you want as long as your name is on there, right? Yeah, so you can have the middle name. Yeah. Uh, when we ran for governor uh, with Rex, uh, our running mate was Carl Tajenhorst, and he had Carl K. Tat Tajenhorst, <laughs> uh, which I don't know how the campaign manager allowed that, but uh, there, there it was. <laughs> the the inside joke is that Jeremiah was the the campaign manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case in case after seventy three episodes you don't know that yet. Yeah. Uh, Chris Guffey. Yes. Welcome to the show. Hello. Yes. I I just sit over here quietly, admire our guest. The, the secret the secret is is poor Chris has got headphones that don't work. So he no, said they actually the work. Are they working? Yeah, they actually work. I, it, I I heard him. It's a miracle. So you did get to hear Joey. I did. We it's, promised that you wouldn't be able to hear him. I was I was very disappointed. Because I was like, oh, sweet, now I can just look at my phone while everybody else is just talking. But no. I, had to, I had to at least listen. You never asked any questions? No, because I don't want to interrupt you guys. <laughs> You're a co-host. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not interrupting. I'm just going to be like, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. You got any stories for us? Anything cool? Anything you want us to do? Anything to plug? Mm. This is your platform. You've had all week to prepare. Uh, have I? Not really. No. Chase. Uh, Chase's grandmother had surgery, and we're like, hey, uh, uh, Chris, uh, you want to you hey, hey, yeah. co-host? And he actually told me, he's like, oh, yeah, unless she dies. <laughs> unless she dies, you won't have to do it. Next thing I know, it's like, 
hey, you're in. Oh. They changed the date of the surgery. So, uh, yeah. No, uh, the biggest thing I have to say is um, Dakota mentioned suicide, and like that's a big topic with me because I've had five guys I've deployed with that have committed suicide. So just make sure if you're, if you're not feeling good mental health-wise, just get yourself. It's not bad to ask for help. So just do that. Reach out to your friends. Make sure they understand that you're there for them, no matter what. So, very good. Wasn't expecting the. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I the, took it the serious. room to, to go all serious, but uh, absolutely, you're you're completely yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Donnie Morrill did the same thing in his final thoughts as well uh, as a first responder and talking about some resources that are there. So, you're exactly right. Thank yeah, you. How do sure. we follow you? Do you want friends on Facebook anymore? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Look at him. They show off that, show that new tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I've actually had this one for about yeah, a year. Show it to the camera. Is that a, is uh, that a Post Malone? <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, this is not. Uh, Kyle Wardlow uh, was working at Lucky Rabbit. Now is at Black Anvil up there in Fort Wayne. I have three tattoos from Kyle. Yeah, seriously, amazingly talented artist. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. He's it's tattoo great. talk, Rob. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not. And then I actually, I, I got a new Harry Potter one about... Mm, <laughs> Three months ago or something like that, I got I that saw done that by one earlier. That was uh, really; those are really clean lines. Who yeah, did that? Zach Lohorn here locally. Yeah, uh, under Zach dogs. Lohorn did my Leviticus nineteen twenty eight. Yeah, so see, tattoo. look, like yeah. it's weird. We have the same tattoo yeah. artist. <laughs> <laughs> it is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you go to him during his uh, his text special? Who? Zach. No, I didn't know this. Yeah, he had a oh, thirty dollars. You could have got a discount on a tattoo. He had thirty dollars text. Tattoos. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's no, what. Is thirty dollars a to... letter, a character? No, thirty dollars for the whole tattoo. Oh, yeah. that would have been nice. In- incredibly cheap because yeah, Zach was Zach was a first nice. year apprentice at that time. He still <laughs> is. Well, he's an apprentice still. Uh, he's did he, did he upgrade? Yeah, he's upgraded now. Like he's, they're letting the, him do actual illustrations and things. It's it's like buying the uh, the discount bin <laughs> stuff at Walmart. No, I got the do I got the cheap tattoo. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure things you should skimp on would include your attorney, your doctor, and your tattoo <laughs> well, artist. I, I know Zach from high school, and mm-hmm. Zach is an incredible artist, and I've I've seen a lot of the work that he's done, so I trusted him. But also at the tattoo shop that he's doing his apprenticeship at is. Uh, the tattoo shop that is owned by uh, Chad Rao, who did the face tattoos for for Post, uh, for Post Malone. Dakota's so. the ultimate I got a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what it is, Dakota, I got <laughs> a guy. Going oh, for yeah. it. Everybody's got a guy. Yeah. Everybody's got... Yeah. I, I recognize uh, Kyle's yeah. style, so I had to bring it up because I didn't want to just ask you straight out. No, no. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I actually... Uh, I followed him on Instagram, and this was a, a picture that he had on there, and I was like, hey, man, what... What'd you say we'd have to do that on me? It's like, all right, let's go. All right, let's meet, do it. Let's meet up. Yeah, he I'm did. Uh, he did my wrist. He did my entire my entire side from armpit to waist, and oh, wow. um, he did uh, my calf as well. Yeah, he, he, yeah. I, I mean, I know tons of people. Uh, a couple of other of my friends went there. And yeah, he just, has a very distinct uh, style, and he's very, very good. Yeah, four hours, same chair, no pain, no crying. Oh, oh no pain. Whenever I got my rib piece done by him, I about passed out. But, really? Yeah. See, I if, want that. Because he got up into, like, uh, cl- really close to my armpit, and whew, that, <laughs> it felt like someone was taking a dagger and just jabbing it right into my armpit the, over and over and over again. See, I want that. I want that pain. Okay. Huh. Dakota. If, I like Kyle, the pain. Kyle, Zach. Dakota, do you want, <laughs> do you want to use your five minutes for tattoo talk as well? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 
We're already past an hour and a half. Sorry, Rob. That's <laughs> okay. Some of us... I'll come live with you guys once I get kicked out of the some, house. Some of us can't get up and go to the bathroom, so we're just over here swimming. Yeah, Kirsten Kronk mentioned uh, Mission22.com, which is 22 veterans a day, uh, yes, a day yes. take yeah. their own lives. That's and a, one active duty member. Yeah, and uh, my uncle took his own life before yeah. I even got the chance to meet him. Uh, so suicide's a, a very big issue for me as well. And uh, if anyone out there is having trouble, uh, yeah. seek out help, yeah, please. Message me. Uh, I'm sure I'll be tagged in this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care if I don't know you. I mean, I'm sure we have some mutual friends eventually somewhere down the line. But just message me. I'll, I'll help you, talk you off the ledge, do something. Yeah. I'll drive. I don't care. Absolutely. Very Same good. here, man. Uh, so my final thoughts, of course, are thank you to the Patreon subscribers. Thank you to everyone who donates every month uh, to help us pay for this. Help You guys are the sole reason that we are, are getting the studio. That is a really, really big deal because now I don't have to have people coming into my house every week. <laughs> <laughs> and I can finally take all this, the uh, sound tiles down and uh, get this house sold and, and get moved out to Spiceland. Um, I'm... I just can't tell you guys how much I how much I appreciate that. Just how um, excited you are to get out of uh, Aaron Dickens City. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, God. Mark Coger is my councilman. It's he's turned it into a hellscape. <laughs> it's like Fallout seventy six out here. Uh, no, Newcastle is a great city to be in. Um, appreciate everyone once again. Uh, appreciate Clay Morgan at MVP Barbershop for letting us hang up the banner. Um, and, uh, oh, gosh dang it, I had something, I had an actual article planned for this, but I don't remember. Oh, uh, I remember. I am, uh, Audrey and I are going to see, uh, uh, Dan Cummins, who runs the Time Suck podcast in Chicago this weekend. Uh, really looking forward to that. I know that a few of Time Suck listeners, uh, have found us from that podcast because they listen to the Secret Suck as well as I do. <laughs> And uh, so I'm. if anyone that is listening to this before Saturday um, wants to uh, reach out to me and get hooked up at the uh, at Zany's in Chicago on Saturday night at 9 p.m., then uh, just uh, give me a text message or message me on Facebook, and I'll meet you out there. Very cool. Uh, thank you to Joey Molinero for uh, calling in, and uh, had, it was fun having a, having a call-in segment. Rob, can't thank you enough for making the trip out here. Thank you, guys. So, uh, final thoughts from me. I uh, I'll be at the Indiana State Fair on Sun on Saturday. Uh, so find me out there. It'd be uh, be hanging out. Uh, I got a little a little four hour meeting because I'm a constant uh, constant <laughs> volunteer. So a little, a little Purdue meeting, but uh, we'll be out there for a few hours hanging out and then uh, checking out the Dwight Yoakam concert. Finally, Dwight Yoakam's coming to town, and I have time to see him. So I'm excited to see him down at the uh, White River uh, State Park. And uh, wish a happy birthday to uh, the lovely Sarah Potter Morrill. That's uh, right. Thursday yeah. of next week, we'll be uh, we'll be recording the show because we're pretty dedicated to it. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's my wife's birthday, so yeah. uh, we'll start. To, this is officially the start of the uh, Sarah Potter Morrill birthday week. We yeah. will see you all. Well, up. and uh, hold on a minute. You at at uh, we're we're talking about the state fair. We were so close to being done. Uh, Did I hear you right? You're gonna po- broadcast on your wife's birthday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's after all this talk about she, being dedicated to your wife. And you can come sleep at my house. <laughs> okay. uh, apparently, she made the mistake of having her birthday on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's every Thursday. Yeah. I don't know. Why come she on, didn't Sarah. Check. What the heck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, 
Now I forget what I was going to say, Jeremiah. State Fair. You're going to talk about your mom and dad hating the State Fair? Yeah, well, I wasn't going to talk about that. But uh, it's a leading question. I was just gonna. I was just gonna talk about this the State Fair and bring up again that we are looking for advertisers for the show. Uh, We were looking to uh, brand ourselves and help brand you, and you can reach thousands of people every week uh, if you if you if you uh, decide to advertise on the Boss Hog of Liberty. Yes, yournamehere.com. All right, uh, we will see you all next week. Next week we have the uh, the Meat Lovers Pizza Distinguished Professor from Ball State University. Yes. Uh, Steve Horwitz. Who I've been preparing had his, his for His title Steve. changed today uh, because the Ball State Board of Trustees uh, got rid of Papa John's. So, yeah, we I've will been preparing have, for that episode for like three weeks. We so will I'm have ready. Steve, Steve Horwitz will be making his triumphant return, and Chris Galt will be the the OG co-host for We Are Libertarians. Will be in studio as well. What, what are we going to talk about? I think we're going to talk about uh, whether or not we're supposed to support the local economy at any price, or if uh, if it's better just to get the best deal you can. And uh, and how, get as much as you can and buy so, as much so as you can. So how Steve worded it? Steve worded it as you shouldn't feel guilty for buying from Amazon. Yeah. All right. Well, there's your there's your preview. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I'm sure that'll be three minutes of what we talk about, and the rest of it we will uh, we will be as diverse and scatterbrained as we always are. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to wearelibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.